listening to Beyond Headlines on 88.7 FM The Bay. I'm Sabina Hooper. It is that time of the year, Halloween, and in my opinion, it is the most wonderful time of the year. I love me a great ghost story. Now, while most of us are fans of horror movies and the paranormal shows you see on TV, my guest today has devoted her life to researching the unknown. Now, the focus of her work is primarily malevolent hauntings and potential non-human hauntings. So translation there, demons. Now, she's appeared as a guest expert on popular shows like Paranormal Survivor, Haunted Case Files, My Paranormal Nightmare, and Hotel Paranormal. She's also the host and co-producer of the very popular radio show, The Outer Realm. Here is Michelle DeRoche. I have been waiting for literally years to get you in my clutches to do (laughs) an interview like this. Now, anyone who has an interest in the paranormal knows who you are. But tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, Well, gosh, I I guess I do a lot of different things. But I've been researching, um, I guess, the paranormal for close to a couple of decades. I've been just as active in television and assorted media for just as long. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've been really fortunate. And um, I still continue to help people literally every single day. And um, yeah. now I've, you know, since, since you know, the last couple of years, um, I've resorted to, I won't say resorted, I, I sort of put my filming on hold and went to radio. And of course, my TV fan base followed me into radio. And now we probably boast between 2.5 and 3 million people a night, which is really good. I love it. They just show me the love. It's great. It's <laughs> so, incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Thank and you. what <laughs> I didn't know is that you are from the North. I am. I am. I was born and raised in Sudbury, Ontario. And it's where, you know, my family still resides. I don't get up there as much as I'd like to, but I, I did have the privilege of going up in the great white North and, you know, and just enjoying everything it had to offer. And I do miss it a lot. My first question for you (laughs) is why? Why do you do what you do? Wow, that's a really long story, Um, but I'll try to narrow it down. Um, I had a lot of experiences growing up. I, I grew up being able to see dead people. So I was fortunate to come from a family, um, especially with my mom because she came from the same thing. My dad did too, but he was real quiet about it. Just always had that, you know, no, 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 we don't, that that stuff's not there. I didn't find out until an adult. He's like, oh, do you know what I saw at this age? I'm like, what? You led me to believe (laughs) this wasn't a thing. But my mom was different. You know, if, if I saw something, she would like pull out pictures of family and things like that and say, do you recognize anybody? And I would say, oh, yeah, this person. She would tell me who it was. Oh, that's your grandfather's brother. He died and blah, blah, blah. I was never made to feel foolish. It's something I work with people every day to not make their children feel foolish. No such thing as imaginary friends or being silly or stupid. or Because things get really aggressive and things come in and take control of a child, which would be deemed the weakest link, easy to manipulate, and easy to get an invitation and a way in. <clears throat> so I didn't have that issue, thankfully. But I did end up, you know, I had that real healthy curiosity and um, I was that little light in the darkness and something malevolent did make its way in and not having internet back there. So I am aging myself. uh, I did have to find different ways of 
coming to terms with it and dealing with it and going through my dark age or stage um, and working on my mindset to change that. Yeah. Which I did. What is a haunting? What is that? Well, a haunting can be many things. Um, It could be anywhere from a spirit that has remained behind that may or may not realize that they're, they're dead. You know, sometimes a haunting is merely that somebody staying in their space, somebody that may be attached to an item or a place, um, something that may just have seen something in, in you that they recognized from someone they knew, somebody who's got unfinished business. You know, it's not always gloom and doom. I do a lot of television and everybody likes the demon word. And, but, you know, I, I give a lot of other explanations for hauntings. And uh, that seems to be the most popular. But it could be something else. It could be a child going through puberty. It could be a woman going through menopause who's, you know, PKing, which means psychokinesis, projecting their energy, which essentially is poltergeist activity. Now, what is the difference between an intelligent and an unintelligent haunting? Oh, good one. Um, Intelligent hauntings are essentially where the spirit or entity has, they know what's going on. They can interact with you. You could ask a question and say, like, let's say, knock three times for yes or once for no, whatever the case may be. They will communicate with you. Non-intelligent is something that's more residual um, or, again, psychokinesis, just projecting your energy. You're not going to get those responses. Um, A replay in time is something that, you know, for example, you see those movies um, where you see the spirit keeps replaying the same thing, jumping out the window, falling to their death. That's a replay. It's an imprint. If you and I were in a room and we got into an argument and we left the room and you come back 15 minutes, a half an hour later, you would still walk into that energy. That energy remains. We leave imprints of ourselves everywhere we go, which is why it's important to cleanse that energy so it doesn't hang back because otherwise it just compounds over time. Mm-hmm. So hauntings are not necessarily a bad thing as, as portrayed in pop culture. No. This house that I'm in, uh, my home here is an 1872 Gothic Revival Manor, and it was fully loaded at one time. <laughs> I can assure you, not anymore. Um, we we got rid of, I won't say get rid of, I've, I've, you know, we've moved on a lot of the spirits here that were stuck um, over, you know, a hundred and a half years, you can imagine. It, it's, it's had owners and residents, and, and, and it seems to have a light about it that attracts other spirits. I've had to change that a little bit. You know, uh, team and I have worked very hard on this to keep it from being that beacon. But the lady of the house, whom this house was built for to entertain in, and is fully ascended. She's she's not stuck here at all, but she's here all the time. You know, the area still calls it its crown jewel. The city calls this house their crown jewel. Mm-hmm. So she's here because she loves it. My question is here, we hear about on on all these paranormal shows, we have a hotel that's haunted, we have a ship that's haunted, we have a home like yours that's haunted. Why are some places haunted and not others? Um, Probably for the same reason that some people are haunted and not others. People. People can be haunted. Sometimes it's not the location at all. But let's, we'll start with the location. Again, like in this case here, there was a whole array of family members 
from the original family that that had this house. I'll use this as an example. Um, they they had possession of this house in 1960, and you know, and then they they moved forward, and some of them didn't move forward. They had a lot of tragedies. We found a photograph here that we thought was just a standard photograph, and when we really looked at it, we realized it was um, a postmortem photo. Oh. That that you know the, the husband was sitting in this very room, and he was looking up at her. And when we looked, um, because this is very popular in Victorian times, she had she looked like she was reading a magazine. But when we looked, we see she had a stand, and her eyes she was down like this, and the back of her her shirt was pinned and held against the mm-hmm. chair to make it look like she was in a position. And the look on his face was, he was distraught. And we realized exactly what it was. So, you know, sometimes places are haunted because people just love them so much. Sometimes maybe you purchased a haunted item and that item is in the house. Sometimes maybe someone who lived there on the land, you know, had, maybe there's an issue in the land. I've, I've done locations where it was burial grounds. and not We see that with indigenous a lot. You do. You do because they've had so much of their land taken. But how about families, Victorian families, or even prior to Victorian times? You were land wealthy. All you had was your land. You were born on your land. Your land sustained you. You know, you you, you cut your wood on your land. You had crops. You had you had cattle. Um, you know, you couldn't just go flick on a furnace or flick on a light. I mean, everything came from the land. You died on the land. You were buried on the land. That land went on to be divided. How many farms get divided into subdivisions? <laughs> They're still buried on the land. Sometimes people see them and they isolate the cemetery. Sometimes they relocate them. Like there's there's many, many reasons. Sometimes it, it's the land. Sometimes you have people who come into a house who decide, oh, you know, we're going to have a seance. We're going to play around here. You bring something in. Nowadays, unfortunately, you have these things. They're like mini computers, cell phones. They have apps for everything. I'm sorry, but it's it's whether you're doing a seance, using a pendulum, spirit board, ghost box, voice recorder, even a camera. It could be something that simple. You are inviting invitation and communication by inviting the spirit forward to communicate with you. Well, they take that very seriously. Some entities take it real seriously. So... That's why sometimes places that aren't haunted, they don't have that kind of activity. You don't fall into that category. You don't worry about it. But let's just say you, you're off and you're visiting a haunted location. You're on a ghost tour. You're, you're on vacation somewhere and you end up something catches sight of you and follows you back. Yeah. Sometimes it happens like that. Many, many, many reasons. Yeah. So is that a word of warning, would you say, to people who are sort of um, novice or amateur paranormal researchers, be careful what you ask for? I really put that warning out a lot. I tell people, if you're really interested in this, because not everybody has the opportunity to connect with a group in their area. Not everybody has ghost tours, things like that. But try and connect with somebody within your area or someplace you're willing to travel to that may be having an event at a haunted location, maybe doing a ghost tour. Um, just connect with people who put yourself in a safe environment. You know, I mean, I used to do ghost tours, you know, I was representative for Casaloma in Toronto for many years, mm-hmm. you know, five years. And, and, and 
we offered a safe environment for people to come and explore. We taught them how to do voice recordings properly. We taught them how to take proper photographs. We taught them how to ground their energy, how to protect themselves. Um, but it was also a safe environment. You know, I wouldn't take somebody into a demon-infested place or malevolent energies and say, okay, here we go. You know, you want to start off with a really benign location. How would someone who is interested in the paranormal, first of all, cleanse your property or yourself? And how do you protect yourself from that kind of a, a spirit attachment? Spirit attachments, believe it or not, is not as super common as people think. Usually a spirit is attached to a location for a reason. But if sometimes, I'll back up one quick minute. Sometimes spirits who don't realize their past or may realize their past just want to be recognized. And a lot of hauntings that I've worked on have actually settled down just by saying to the spirit individual, you're dead. You don't need to stay here anymore. Helping them move on is a good way to do it. If it's a human spirit that's followed you, for example, they're very easy on average to move along. Sometimes it's just they think like, oh, okay, you want to communicate. I have this problem. This is where it gets tough for kids because kids are natural little psychics or little beacons, but they don't know how to deal with these human spirits or these adult spirits coming in and saying, hey, hey, you know, like what's going on? I got my family here. Nobody knows. I'm dead or, you know, there's many reasons. So I think when you go into a location knowingly, um, you have to learn how to ground your energy before you do everything. There's techniques. Anybody who's interested can just email me at michellederoche.com. I'll happily send them the technique um, because there's a good explanation with it. It's a very easy technique, but the explanation as to why you have to do it that way, it's a fairly lengthy read, but we use it. Um, anybody I've given it to, clients, you know, people I've assisted, they've used it and they have found it really helped. It just makes it harder for spirits or entities to attach. But it is energy. possible if you choose to, to coexist with a spirit. Yes, well, we do it. I do it every day. Exactly. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Now, your uh, career is a lifelong one, basically, and you've had countless experiences what are the standout ones to you oh boy i specialize primarily in malevolent hauntings or alleged demonic attachments so you can imagine the type of work that i do or locations that i would go to um are working with families who are going through really really difficult times i've seen children um go through terrible things with really malevolent energies, babies being thrown out of cribs, um, oh being, children being held down in their beds, um, all kinds of things. You know, I mean, I've, I've got hundreds of hours of things growling at me, um, you know, just calling me every name in the book. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah yada, yada, you know, whatever. <laughs> because acknowledgement is empowerment. It's not that you don't fear it, you just don't acknowledge it and you just don't give them that energy. And people who are, who go through depressions and addictions and, and anxieties, things of that nature tend to be prime targets. People who grieve, and we've had a couple of years of really hardcore grieving throughout the world, and I, I've been contacted a lot more than usual because grieving people sometimes just want contact so desperately they don't realize there are things out there who will mimic your loved one and find a way in. And next thing yeah. you know, we've got a whole other problem. But I also get to do fun things <clears throat> as well. And um, I guess the one that I get asked about the most is my 
my trip to Romania. I do. I have traveled the world. I've been so fortunate to have traveled many different parts of the world, and I've had all kinds of experiences. But I know that's the one I wanted to ask you about. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one, actually. Um, It's it's been featured a couple times. Um, I've been asked to 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 tell the tale and from different perspectives because there's two sides to this story. So. Um, we went to Romania. I spent quite a bit of time there, and we went, of course, to the most haunted forest in the world, which is Hoyabatsu Forest, and it's got all these crazy crooked trees. I didn't want to know a whole lot about it before going. You know, I just knew that this is what it was. <clears throat> One of my teammates and friends is also literally part of, um, you know, Canada's most haunted, and um, speaks Romanian because she's from Romania. So this is very helpful because the spirits that were initially communicating with us. We're doing it in Romanian. But as we went up into this place, this is something that um, it's not easy access. And there's a circle that's in the middle of the forest. There's actually two. And some people get confused as to which is which. But when we first entered, um, we went up these trails and they are marked. But we realized there was no sound. There's no animals. There's no birds. There's no sound of birds. There's nothing like that. It was really strange. There was insects. We didn't see any little birds or critters or anything in, in, these, in this immediate area. But we did hear a droning sound. It just seemed like this humming. Like, what is that? That's just crazy. What is that sound? And it was just all-encompassing. <clears throat> so when we first got there, we went, like, you know, we, we ate because we went early enough in the day because it was a four-kilometer hike in. So, you know, so let's just grab something to eat. And I just, you know, went and had a little nappies because I knew it was going to be up late. So I'm in the middle of the circle. But a lot of that was just to absorb what I was feeling and what I was hearing. Because to this point, the locals try to discourage people from going into the forest. Um, they, they see UFOs over it all the time. There's people who have been attacked in there. Um, there's... It's it's just it's a mix of everything. I woke up at one point, I was half asleep, and I look and I see this man in an old cart, like a gypsy type man in a cart, a couple horses, big old wooden wheels. It you know, but this isn't uncommon. But it's uncommon on top of a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at it and I'm looking at you know Melissa, my, you know, my other colleague, and I'm just like. I just wanted to like run up and poke him and see if he's real. Because there's just, well, like, where'd you come from? And he just disappeared. We went and looked in the trail and it was gone. We're like, all right, so starting early is full on daytime hours. But, you know, you're haunted, you're haunted 24-7, doesn't matter what. And as it got, you know, as it started to get darker, there's six entrances into this, this circle. So um, Adriana, um, my other colleague, went in. And she goes, I'm going to do EVPs at each entrance and just see if I get something. Just try to get our bearings. I said, okay, because you're totally outside of your element. I'm used to working an enclosed element here, not something that's on this, you know, this scope. Um, the great outdoors and a different country that's ancient, really, with folklore, etc. And um, at one point, you know, she's going around and I said, don't go to that corner. It's just save it for last or whatever. There's this very active corner. She said, okay. So she gets there and she's like, I'm feeling very heavy in the chest. <laughs> Melissa and I are looking at her and there's a tree, which is at least about this big around. And it starts breaking. Like it's, you can hear it cracking as it goes yeah. down. And we're like, I bet you she's feeling heavy in the chest. And all of a sudden it snaps up and she's like, 
<laughs> we're like at first we're like, oh, you know, it was pretty spectacular thing to see. So we've got this skeptic person with us also, which is always good to have because, you know, they, they kind of keep things in perspective. And as the night went on, there was a super moon. And everybody's like, oh, you just want to be there for the energy. I'm like, no, I just want to be able to see myself get out of this forest at 4 a.m. Yeah. Because <laughs> it lit up the whole circle. It was just phenomenal. And um, all of a sudden, we had this little, like, it killed every every bits of battery, everything we had. It, it just killed it. Aside from, at the time, an iPhone uh, 4 that one of the girls had. And we just had a little hack shack, which is just like a tiny little ghost box sort of thing. And um, the iPhone 4 was just used for recording because batteries for everything just went down. And the spirit started speaking in Romanian. And I said, can you just please speak in English? Because I know there's no language barrier on the other side, so to speak. And they went da, which means yes, in Romanian, and then said yes. And they started telling us, you know, about things that were going on in the area. And then a growl came through and Adriana reacted to that and... All of a sudden, I kind of went, the reaction, I guess, sort of threw things off a bit. And, you know, it's good when the skeptical guy says, I don't think that's supposed to happen. And you turn around and the tree line looked like it was folding down onto itself, like something was walking over it. I've never seen anything like it. The place definitely delivered, that's for sure. And I looked and the spirit box says, go now, run. I'm like, well, I don't really run, but I will gracefully make my exit <laughs> since you are going through a lot of trouble to warn us. You know, you have to have that respect. But I'll tell you something on our way out, completely on our heels, something was just you could hear it in the brush beside us just going. And you're going out the sill. We just casually walked out. You know, we just got ourselves out of there because we, this was the point of going in the day, getting your bearings. It's a very easy place to, to get lost in if you're not really careful. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Maybe we can do this again in a little while and just focus on Northern hauntings since we're a Northern. I can give you some some northern experiences from my my days. I could even tell you about my own personal experience growing up and what that was like. And because I came real active area. Yeah, yeah. We are going to do that. I promise you, I promise you, because you know I love me a ghost story. I know. (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 